0: Welcome to Musicians vs. the World, the podcast where we explore aspects of music and musician life that may not have been covered in music school. I am your host, Christine Smith. Tormud Ringnes is a Norwegian sound designer and sound editor. He is an avid collaborator and sought-after artist for much of his contributions, expertise, and precise dictations in the sound design community. His most recent project, Songs of Earth, was recently selected as Norway's entry into the international feature category for the Oscars. Also upcoming for Tormud is Young Woman and the Sea, the biographical drama films Lily James and Daisy Ridley. His past projects also include Maleficent, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, Academy Award-winning animated feature Flea, partnerships with German filmmakers Thomas Aslan and Wim Wenders, video games like Battlefield 2042 and Tribeca 2023 Selection Leroy with Steve Zahn. So Tormud, thank you so much for being here and welcome to Musicians vs. the World.
1: Thank you, and thank you for having me.
0: I'm just—I'm so excited to chat with you. I was just watching Songs of Earth, and um, my goodness, it's just a beautiful, beautiful film. And your work in the sound in that film was just breathtaking. So, oh, thank, thank you for you. coming to chat with yeah, me. Thank you about your work and your <laughs> the way that you do things. Um, just as a quick refresher for my listeners, um, what exactly is sound design?
1: Oh, uh, for me, sound design is is actually telling the story, like the director story with sound. So for me, sound sound could be also kind of music, but when you, it's not like, for often when we talk about sound sound we talk about a large explosion or this, like specific things. But for me, it's more like using sound as storytelling. So you can, the, the element of sound and um, together with music, you kind of make that story.
0: Mm, very much so. Um, and there are so many instances of this in Songs of Earth that I can't wait to talk about. <laughs> but before we do, um, I want to know your background a little bit. How did you get into sound design?
1: So I always say, like most of the sound design, I started with music when I was young and uh, played in band. I was a bass player so they were and in a rock band, so it was a little bit uh, boring. So I started, started mixing <laughs> the, <laughs> the music and, of course, produce it. And then I also... Work in a local TV station, and uh, <clears throat> and I was a huge fan of uh, interested in film. Um, I watched so many films when I was young. So those two things, and I started quite early with my friends uh, um, shooting like short films with eight Super 8. Um, after like uh, later, we did uh, like VHS um, short films. So we just played with it, and for me the sound on, because all the things we could do with sound, because often there was limited budget, but uh, with sound and music, we can really upper the level and tell the story. So that was kind of how I went into it. And of course, uh, I also had a father that supported me. So he was always supporting me to go that direction. So that was nice. And then, of course, film school and and I had a mentor and then we I then done a lot of Norwegian films and uh, Scandinavian after that. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. So what's something that you learned from that mentor, that first mentor?
1: So he was so into sound and he, he did so many films and he, we traveled with him to Skywalker sound that for me, when I was young, was uh, that's a, a company in San Francisco doing all mm. the Star Wars and all those films. But he was uh, uh, head of all the sound designers in actually in Scandinavia. So he he was wow. really good for me. It was perfect.
0: Wow! And so you were able to go to Skywalker Studios and and see everything. Yeah, that's a long and doing Atmos and all of this now. That's a long mm. way from VHS.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: when when you were making these films with your friends just on Super 8 and VHS, yeah. were you interested in the sound back then, or yeah, was definitely. it? No, we yeah.
1: because what I actually did was like um we cut the film, 8mm, Super together, and then we, we didn't had sound on the film, so I had to reproduce everything. I did that on a cassette deck with a four-track uh, cassette deck, uh, put all these things, music, and we did all. And then when we played it for the class at school, we ha- I had to just push both buttons at the same time, and hopefully that was in sync. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was kind of the first uh, uh, track laying. And, um, and that was fun, because you can see... And, I, I, and that was kind of my thing when I, in an early age, when I watched films, how much the sound could kind of affect me on uh, emotion. Um, uh, for example, ET, you get, the, you can see it was a puppy, or a, but at at the same time the the voice was so. Authentic, so real, so you just believed it. So I I felt that sound can make things feel real, but also get you into a next level of um, emotions and uh, fantasy and all those things.
0: Yeah, it really can. And my goodness, I'm so excited. Let's talk about Sounds of Earth, Songs of Earth, excuse me, because I feel like this is an incredible film because the sound is kind of a main character. In this, in this film. And the filmmaker uh, said that when she was six years old, her father took her to a glacier in the valley where he grew up, and they sat there in the glacier and listened to the sound of the wind entering the crevices and becoming tonal. And I asked dad, is there an orchestra playing in the glacier? And he replied, do you hear that too? And my idea was to create a symphony of the earth's primordial forces and sounds. So it's like the filmmaker came into this knowing that the sound was going to be the star. How? Yeah. <laughs> what an experience for you to yeah. have a film, de- like a filmmaker, believe the same things you do. Like, how did you yeah, get involved this, with that?
1: The thing is that uh, this is the first film I've done with Olin. Um i have been lucky with working with various projects and like from low budget, as you mentioned, low budget Norwegian films up to like uh, big films, but. I always strive to find project where you can tell story uh, with sound. And uh, all, I loved working with films and documentary that has kind of a meaning, that has a purpose or has something to tell. So when uh, market came to me uh, with this idea, it was before shooting, and she said, I want to do it like a symphony. like She didn't want to have it as a title, but the thing was like sound symphony or the nature symphony, something. she, she got Because her experience as a child was going out with her father, uh, listen to all those things, um, all those uh, sounds that were in the nature, in the mountain. It was, <clears throat> and actually the good, good, the good thing was when we started before, before the shooting. So we can really plan it and the whole process. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that uh, how it became so good. It's been a long process of uh, over a couple of years. And With really great collaboration uh, with between all of us.
0: So you got to go out and record with her.
1: Yeah, but we had one uh, really great recordist on set called Andreas Lindberg, who went with her like the, for the whole year, or because it was shot in five seasons. Uh, like the whole four season plus one spring two times uh, so he went with her and did amazing recordings uh, yeah. he definitely did record specific things as well but he kind of followed her of course record all the um, voices of uh, her father and mother but also the nature but then I listened to it and I went up and did some more recordings so it was a great collaboration and the idea we started the, my, my guess idea was to, that all the nature sound is music. So her idea was uh, making music out of all the sounds that you are hearing. So we record all those stuff, uh, put all those together, try to find the voice of the nature, the rhythm, the pulse, everything. And we collect all those things, picked out all those things, and then we sent it to Rebecca Carjor, who's the um, composer, amazing composer. Uh, mm-hmm. And she listened to all those sounds that we had been recorded, and she got a small, a small orchestra uh, to improvise over the sound that they are hearing. So they just oh. improvised, trying to replicate what they are listening to in the nature. And then okay. she, yeah, and then she kind of out of that, she sent all those to me, of course. And we we started playing with the sounds that we recorded and we blend it. And you can't hear when it's actually real sound and when it's the instrument. And then uh, she took all those things all the thing that they improvised, and she started to make those um, scores that you can hear that are more like mm, scores, but that was made after that improvisation. So she kind of uh, got um, inspired of what they are doing, and then she wrote it. So, so that I feel that it's one of the things that really works really good. is like uh, you, you can't hear when it yes. sound or when the music starts. So. Oh, wow. So we will, like, small, small, tiny uh, instrument up to like the big orchestra, and it just works. I, I think, I believe it works quite good. <laughs>
0: I believe it works quite good too (laughs) it was incredible it does it feels like the it feels like the music is growing out of out of the nature sounds Mm -hmm. so that's so it's so I didn't realize that those were improvised some and I can I'm thinking back to some of the sections where you can hear just one instrument here one maybe one Mm -hmm. instrument on the right one instrument on the left and then maybe there's a bee in the background or something i don't know but it, it just mixes really yeah, well and together hear,
1: because uh, there is some sounds that uh, the story is like if the weather changes you can hear the like the waterfall are kind of yeah banging uh, like a rhythm into the um, uh, the mountain like the wall uh, so it yes. makes like goong goong and that's mm-hmm. we that's thing we recorded but we kind of Enhanced it with the um, uh, yeah with the uh, instruments. Oh, so
0: that kind of, that bass, that thumping when they're when they're mm-hmm. I guess when it's the, they're showing the glacier and the ice that thumping is something that you recorded and then just kind of engineered to make it sound more music uh, yeah. instrumental like.
1: Yeah, so oh, yeah. Okay. so we always tried to find and we, and we did some we did all things we we lowered microphone like uh, to between the. Um, we we'll call it uh, uh, the cracks or cre- oh, what do you call it uh, down to the glacier
0: yeah,
1: yeah. so lower like um, we'll call it 30 meters or 100 feet down and we just started to listen we thought that uh, when we thought it would be kind of windy or something but just suddenly we start to hear a rhythm like and we still not, I think it was, so the ice is melting, it was not dripping, it was like, and it was constantly in beat, and it was uh, the rhythm, and and that was like uh, 100 feet down in the glacier. And that's kind of, oh, this is the thing. So we have used that many places. So we kind of took all the sequences uh, we had, uh, we, we split the film into sequences, so we did spring, uh, winter, uh, autumn, uh, summer. In the... So Misha, who is the editor, sent me some sequences that we have done. I put some sound on it we, and some of the things that Rebecca had recorded. And we sent it back to the editor. He kind of adjusted it and we go, go like forth and back. So it all felt like one piece. Some places is glacier are bouldering, crackling. It goes out to kind of breathing, heartbeats, uh, close. And that's the kind of rhythm where uh, we try to find that the nature own voice kind of. So yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the sequences that I loved that I really felt like the nature sounds really sounded like a symphony was, there was a um, a sequence that starts with the father's ear. So it's like the visuals telling us, listen, hmm with him and yeah. then it takes us up a waterfall. Yeah. And mm. the sound grows mm. and it changes mm. in texture and it mm. changes and it seems like it's om- I can't I don't hmm I don't want to say melodic but it definitely has like a path and a momentum that we're supposed to be following. Mm. And mm. I just listened to that and I said mm. Oh my goodness, I get it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I get what this film is trying to do, and that's incredible. It's only eight minutes into the film, and after I watched that sequence, I was like, this is amazing.
1: There's actually no music before like 25 minutes into the film, but there's lots of music elements, and there's lots of music elements from Rebecca before. But when the scores comes in, it's like in 25. But we wanted to make that melodic and subjective because he's you can is close to his ears, and it's not what you actually hear there, but how he kind of experienced the. Things so that's that's most important thing that that's was kind of the approach of the the scene and again the waterfall is it often became becomes a little bit too noisy like pink because it's, so I had mm-hmm. to find all those details and play it together as as mm, as you do with you put together music so like water drops in different tones, you start minimal and then you grow up to bigger with more things but you, you want to be in tone and then uh, always love using sound also in this, this harmony so you like you can use all the tricks you do when you do films like when you make score the scary or not. you can do you can use that in sound as well and that's that's uh, for me is um, so cool because you uh, you don't recognize it, you just feel it. Because when you use sound as music to tell if something is uh, happy or sad or, or scary, then it becomes something that you just feel, They're not pushed yeah. on you. So um, uh, what we kind of did when we started editing the film, we just sat and listened to several symphonies, how the symphonies was um, built up. So the uh, director really? and editor and uh, just to kind of figure out how we could uh, modeling uh, both visual and soundwise to to make this and of course and then you have of course um, so it's mm-hmm. not only sound and music but you also have a great story about life and the, the simpleness and as uh, Margit um, always say that when you go into nature. You also go into your kind of soul. So that was kind of the meditation. That oh, was an amazing, amazing experience. <laughs> it must
0: have been such a beautiful thing to to work on that. Um, as far as storytelling, like you were saying, this beautiful story about life and about living in this wonderful place, there's a, there's a moment where the sound actually takes over the story. And um, partway through, uh, the father tells the story of a landslide. And obviously, they can't show the landslide, so the visual is just a flock of crows. Mm. But the sound mm. tells you exactly what's happening. Mm. That is a very powerful mm. sequence. Now, mm. how how did that sequence come about?
1: Actually, that was the most tricky one because how far should they go? And it was. Uh... We also when we did edit was uh, lots of forward and back with the editor because we should we go that far and does it impact and does it work? So I just made that sound without seeing the picture at all and just uh, how how I felt if you are experiencing it. So I never experienced it, but. uh, the thing living in that place this is about most beautiful place in Norway and uh, we have lots of beautiful places in Norway but also a really dangerous place like the nature are so tough you can just the weather can change into dramatic in kind of couple of hours and um, and if you are in a the mountain then you could be quite dangerous and you have it's been so many avalanches uh, uh, it was just a good collaboration and we just had to... Work with it and try it, and then and I, I, I'm really happy that it works. And then you just stop, and it just quiet. Like and often when it cuts sync time, things like this happen. People say that's often really quiet after, and then it comes. So that was kind of my approach on that one.
0: Yeah, and again, it's very very musical because oftentimes in music you'll have something very overwhelming music wise and then there will be yeah. silence or no. there will be but actually our afterwards.
1: improvising the the, the the composer also did some improvising there so they're under but you, you can't almost not hear it but there are music there there are music wise <laughs> kind of into <laughs> the sound <design. laughs> so and there's so many places at uh promise as uh, and that was the the nice thing that uh, rebecca also said when I listen to the film, I can't I can't tell where uh, where my music is because there are, there, of course, when you have the big scores you can hear it, but uh, there are so many places so mm-hmm. we hide it. And then, this is another sequence when you can see the wind have taken all the trees. You can hear the wind mm-hmm. are blowing, but that are also mm-hmm. mixed with uh, lots of strings are playing and flutes and like but just <laughs> windy. <laughs> so. The director's idea of making sound music, as the title "Songs of Music," a symphony out of the sound uh, in the nature, no. yeah. and her, her process is like make uh, a film about the nature and a focus about the life, so we can. You just want to be there and uh, or take care of it without pushing the moral pushing uh, you know we have to save the planet just tell how beautiful it is and how how the life if you if you enhance the nature how is how important it is for you as a person to be in the nature not because we are always stressing always running to the next job and and for me it's like. Uh, if we like thinking back now, I should be more out there recording even more. I should I should have been with them more. But uh, of course, I had several projects. Uh, luckily, I have Andreas with me. He did so many good things.
0: What a beautiful experience that must have been. Mm. So, um, I I see that it was selected to be the international feature for the Oscars. So congratulations. Yeah, thanks on see. that. Thank you. Yeah, the Norwegian um, submission. So both. I mean,
1: it's, uh, both the international and they are running for the documentary as well, so hopefully.
0: <laughs> oh really? For two? Mm. Oh wow. Yeah. I yeah. hope well, I hope it wins. I I love the film and I just mm. I really do hope it wins. Yeah. And I, I like the way that you were involved from the very beginning and do you have um a four step process that you'd like yeah. for sound mm. to be? Do you wanna kind of go over those those processes that you uh. would like to see?
1: Mm, for me, it's like, um, on all the films i worked on, for me, it's like I always said, it's four places where you can really do great sound design. And for me, as I told in the beginning, sound design is telling sound, telling story with sound, not making mm-hmm. great, uh, of course, you want all of us do great sound effects as well, but uh, it's more important to tell a story. Um, for me, then, it's like the for, it's like to be in the project early as possible. Uh, that is maybe more important if there are low budget because then they, they, there's so many things you can do. And for me, the first of those, the four steps is uh, in the script that you are a part and you discuss it before shooting. You do the script and you discuss the film and what you can do. And uh, example of that, uh, I worked on a film with Martin Tilden. He had done Imitation Game, Passenger, and lately you now Silo. He did a film, a Norwegian film called *Headhunters*, and that was kind of his film that uh, he became famous of. But uh, that was adapted from a book and was, had lots of voiceover. And, uh, the script had voiceover to the entire kind of film. But uh, Martin didn't want to have voiceover. He wanted to find a way to get rid of voiceover and tell it with picture and sound and music instead. So we sat down with a script the D.O.P., the editor, and me, the, uh, me. <laughs> that's the sound designer, and tried to figure out how to solve all this scene without telling the, with voiceover. You just, just feel that the character, because voiceover, they are often in their monologue. Right. So we, we tried to figure out ways to tell it with sound, cut it or, and film it, that we g- could get rid of all those voiceover. And we actually managed to do it and was very really lucky. So I've, that's for me... And that's so important that when they write the script they think about sound and of course music and um, and the next step is before shooting because often when you have want to have windy or uh, or rainy or something that you want to you, sh- you should see it visually as well so you have to talk with them um, the people that um, call it, uh, the creative set manager or uh, to kind of help you or collaborate how you can do all those things that is not uh, what you kind of do afterwards it's a part of the plan and of course the third thing is quite easy is uh, to get as best recording of the voice as possible i'm not i'm never out recording i'm not good at that but always helping them i talk with the director that it's important, so important that they get good quality of the recordings. And for me, the last part is in the editor because there, you, this in when you edit the film, that that's the place where you set all the rhythm, the pace, everything. So, for me, to be a part of the editing is so important because sometimes they just put um, music from other films, they just put in things, and often if they're not using the right sound during the editing, they often cut it quite uh, fast dialogue-wise. But sometimes you need to have space for emotion and for uh, things. So as a storytelling point of sound design, that's kind of the last place you can really do great sound design is actually when you cut the film. So <laughs> and luckily, when we do, well, so everything else is just to make it better. Or if, and I, when I work together with editor, we're not doing high fidelity sound. We just think about um, storytelling. So we can put in stuff that we're going to change, but the rhythm and the ideas are talked about. And uh, uh, for me, it's like when I start working with a director. Hopefully, uh, early in the process, I try to ask him. As many questions as possible to be kind of a not stupid uh, audience, but uh, I can see what you're actually seeing. But what you, what are you actually meaning? That's important for me to. to kind of, so we seldom talk about sound, like specific sound. We're more into what do you want with this scene and what do you want with the character and what do you want uh, to do. So, so and then I can okay. Then I understand. I can use my experience and, and and for me it's like the collaboration between editor and the composer and me is uh, so important.
0: Mhm. Are filmmakers usually open to having you involved so early?
1: Yeah, it's always depends on the time and but uh, often they are they are open for it. Uh, but often the producer uh, feels it's going to be so much ex- more expensive that I'm in early, so I'm, I'm so <laughs> early in. But uh, I, I try to teach them that, or tell them that uh, you're going to save a lot of money if you, and it's going to be a better film. And when the film are cut, or done cut, the sound is almost there, and you can do screenings and you can have you can really because some if you don't use music and write music and the sound during the cut and you have to change it uh, we have this um, phrase called avid syndrome it's like this is a perfect <laughs> the film is perfect when it's in the edit because they have used the film they like music with Hans Zimmer or like yeah it works perfectly <laughs> because it's just you, you have the emotion from other films and then we start working, we need to change it, and it's almost impossible to change, like, iconic music or... Right. Uh, into, into, so as early as you can get into what you're going to do. And I, I believe, like, sound and music are so important for the film, for the storytelling. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: yeah. So. I bet a lot of the composers are glad that you are telling them the importance of that as well. Yeah. yeah. It makes mm. their job easier too, I'm sure. yeah. 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 Um,
1: I like the I like the collaboration and often I like because especially some directors are not so used to work with composer. And you have of course you have film composer and you have musicians. Have a different uh, approach to so for me I like to be the binary or uh, the glue between the composer and the director sometimes. Just to yeah. Just to translate sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they can help understand each other. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, Tormund, this is, I have so enjoyed talking with you, you. and speaking Thank with you. you. Um, as we wrap up, what advice do you have for people who are wanting to become sound designers or to do what you do?
1: I think, first of all, uh, when I started it was like. I just went out and record a lot of stuff because then you can build up your own kind of uh, library. And because and you get so into uh, exploring sounds and things. Watch lots of movie. For me, I had a kind of a clear goal. I set up a clear goal as like a 5, 10, 15 years. And to, uh, to be the best, you should just do lots of films, do lots of short films, I taught myself, I said to myself, um, if I want to be the best or like working with the best, not be the best, but working with the best, I need to think as a top athlete, you know, and I need to just practice, practice and watch lots of films. But at the same time, it's so important to do other things like go out and go to theater, do go into nature, just listen to all the sounds and be got get, get inspired, so watch lots of classics uh, because when you did early films, you don't have all those tools. You just need to be quite uh, specific when you worked on some, like all the Martin Scorsese, The Raging Bull, all those films, the early films that you, you should definitely watch them. So that's, that's my advice. <laughs>
0: that's wonderful advice. You yes. are just amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank I you. have so enjoyed chatting with you. I appreciate your time.
1: Likewise. Thank you, Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us today on the Musicians Versus the World podcast in our conversation with sound designer Tormud Ringness about his work on the beautiful film Songs of Earth. If you'd like to learn more about Tormud and all of the work that he does and the fantastic films he's worked on, we will have links to his website and Songs of Earth on our show notes on our website, frostedlens.com slash musicians versus the world. In today's episode, you have heard excerpts from the score of Songs of Earth, composed by Rebecca Corriard, and featuring the London Contemporary Orchestra and aspects of Torment's sound design, you have heard Spring 1, The Cave, Spring 2, Stones in the River, Spring 4, The Mountain, and Fall 3, The Wind. Musicians vs. the World is a production of Frosted Lens Entertainment in conjunction with Smith Sound Music. It is hosted and edited by me, Christine Smith, and our producer today is Russ Wilkes. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any future conversations. You can also find a video version of this interview on our Musicians vs. the World YouTube channel. If you have any questions for us, topics you'd like to hear about, or any helpful advice for other musicians that you'd like to share, please be sure to reach out on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, or Facebook, or send us an email at info at We wish you all a very happy holidays. Thank you for joining us in 2023, and we are looking forward to another year next year of wonderful interviews and great information for everybody, and we can't wait to share it with you. So thank you for a wonderful year, and thank you again, as always, for listening.